Yeah. Put totally. everything's on autopilot. Automate everything we can. Find the hack. Find the hack and life hacks. Sometimes that's good, but sometimes when it's high stakes like this, like our salvation, <laughs> uh, minor we details. We cannot afford that. Set it and forget it. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <sighs> You're listening to Lead Him to Life where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Leadham to Life. Buckle up. It's going to be a good one. Megan Krieger's in the house. Megan, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, introduce yourself. Who are you? Give us a brief summary, a few fun facts. Okay, so my name is Megan Krieger, and I was raised in Sioux Falls, so I'm from here originally, and I now live here with, well, we spent some time, my husband and I, Zach, um, spent some time as missionaries the first five or so years that we were married, traveled all over the South, working with the Fellowship of Catholic University students, and... um, had three kids while we were on mission, and um, then we moved back here to Sioux Falls to be closer to family, and had a fourth baby. We've got all girls, actually, all girls. Zach is so outnumbered. I know. I told him that when he came on the show a couple episodes <laughs> I ago. I know. We finally got him a male dog to like try and offset Balance it, it out a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if it's him. working. I don't know if it's working, but something. Good effort. Um, but actually, whenever I, have, whenever I go to the hospital and I have another girl, because we never find out what we're having until they're born. They're always like, are you going to have another one? Try for a boy. And I always say, I'm going to try and have more boys than girls. And they always look at me like, what? Like, wait a second. You have four kids. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go for a long time. But I'm just, I really like to get the reaction out of them. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Uh, it worked for my grandma, but she did have to go till she got to like 12. So we'll see if I have time for that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. Our grandmas, man. Yeah. They were like made of steel. She is. She is a solid lady. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so now we live back in Sioux Falls and I have um, been working as a natural family planning um, fertility care practitioner with my um, fertility care center, Veritas. And uh, my husband's been doing a variety of, a variety the of jobs. Yeah, he's the busiest man alive. He's fin- finishing up his graduate degree and um, going to be moving toward working um, as a teacher for his uh, full time next year, and um, and yeah, keeping her house alive. Yeah, look at you go. It's so yeah, we homeschool. So I guess there's that too. We've, yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of things. A lot of I, things going. I on. learned things from your homeschooling, by the way, like your Instagram stuff about let your kids use knives. Oh yeah, this is going to sound really random to our listeners oh, right yeah. now, but I'm like, I need to let Claire learn how to use a knife. She's Every time she enough. picks up a butter knife, I don't need to panic. No, she's gonna not be the all butter right. knife. She's going to be fine. She's going to be just fine. She's, and I, if she cuts herself, let's get her you know, to the they've, got, they've got stitches. They've got Band-Aids. It's amazing. <laughs> Modern science. Amazing. Okay, so we are in the heart of Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, which is one mm-hmm. of the reasons that I wanted to have you come on. And so in this episode, I really want to have an honest conversation about natural family planning, really about fertility more broadly uh, through the through a health lens, mm-hmm. through a relational lens, and even through a spiritual lens. Yeah. So to get us started super briefly, give us a rundown. What is natural family planning? Okay, yeah. So in brief, natural family planning, how I like to describe it is it's a way that we can identify 
the times in your cycle when you're fertile and infertile and um, make decisions based on your goals and where you're at in your fertility. So we just kind of get a play-by-play of what's happening throughout your cycle the whole time, and then you're free to choose however you'd like to approach it, Mm -hmm. whether you're trying to avoid a pregnancy or um, achieve a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but when I first started digging in a bit more to natural family planning, I became very aware of some gaps mm-hmm. in my education. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I did, too. My seventh, eighth grade and freshman year with Mr. Lorang, though it was incredibly informative, there were some gaps in my understanding of just my own cycle. Where do you see the gap in education surrounding fertility for, for both men and women? Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I mean, for most of us, we probably get that brief a uh, health class in middle school, and then we don't really ever get anything again, and we're kind of left to our own devices to figure it out and hope that we get the right information and the accurate information, and for us Catholics, something that lines up with the church's teachings. And um, so I think that's a big part of it. We we think that after we've gone through that really, you know, limited uh sex education class that they throw at you when you're probably too young to really 15 absorb. years before you actually need yeah, it. Yeah, 15 years before you actually need it. That's And then a lot of the things that you pick up along the way are from the movies and your friends yeah. and what, you know, magazines. And I really struggled with that, you know, when we were first um, engaged and like getting ready to be married um, and actually use family planning and really like come to the realization like, oh, this is actually going to apply now. Yeah. Um, trying to dig through like, okay, what is true and what did I pick up from Hollywood and what is from Seventeen Magazine and what is actually legit? Seventeen Magazine, man. <laughs> I learned so many false things. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So what are some of the myths that you, I'd be curious, like what are some yeah. of the myths oh, yeah. that working with couples kind of come across your desk? Yeah, so I think the first thing that I usually have to ask is like, okay, tell me the nature of your cycles. Like how long are your cycles? And usually they'll say like five days. And I go, okay, we got to back up even further right now because that's your period. Difference. There's a difference. There's a difference when I say cycle and period. And so um, when we're talking about our cycle, we're talking about from the first day of your period all the way through that last day before the next period happens. And what happens between the period and the next period is a lot. Yep. But it doesn't seem like a lot because it's not a symptom that's as obvious as that period of bleeding. And so um, right then and there, I know, okay, not everybody even recognizes that there's a whole other event happening later yeah. on. A lot yeah. of people think that the period is when they're ovulating. Nope, the the ovulation comes substantially after that. Yeah. Um, I remember you saying the period is not the main event, The folks. period is not the main event. It, <laughs> it is not. It It's telling us it's that. It's the start. It's the start. It's, this, it's the start. We know it's just something to tell us a benchmark of where we're at. Sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay. What other myths? Um, so some of the other myths would be, you know, when we talk about that length of the cycle, everyone's like, okay, it should be 28 days long. And that is actually an average. So if you're thinking like, okay, it's not, my cycle's not 28 days long. Something must be wrong. It's easy to get like paranoid about it or something. But in reality, our cycle can be anywhere from 21 to 37 days. And still be considered normal. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's, there's so many more other things to be taking into consideration to determine whether or not we're having normal functioning cycles, not just the number of days, Yeah, the number of days of the cycle, the number of days of the period. 
There's so many more things that we should be yeah. looking at and looking for. And if you're not tracking your cycle, you're not really going to have any idea on what those are and what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, another one, you know, another one is um, thinking, oh, oh, you can't get pregnant on your period. And that one is confusing because some people are like, well, well, if you're having your period, you're not ovulating. So obviously you can't get pregnant on your period. But it's not just about do they overlap. It's about all the physiological things that are happening in between there that can allow for sperm to be present when ovulation does occur later mm. on. Mm. Because our bodies can keep that sperm alive yeah. for a substantial amount of time leading up to ovulation. Even the idea that the opposite of that, that we can get pregnant anytime. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think oh, that boy. was a huge one that was a misconception mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that I saw early on. And I remember, gosh, it was maybe a movie or something that they made this comment. Maybe it was, maybe it was somebody that I knew, like the woman was approaching her cycle, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to get my cycle in two days, or I'm going to start my cycle. I'm going to get my period in two days. Um, We need a few more condoms to get us through the next Mm -hmm. two days Mm -hmm. until my period comes. Yeah. And, and I think that's this common misconception. Like you probably don't need condoms. No. And, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's what makes, um, NFP or these fertility awareness based methods so um, intimidating is because that is our natural inclination is to think you're fertile all the time. You can get pregnant all the time. And that's not true. You know, we release one egg, maybe two, you know, in the case of twins, we, we ovulate once per cycle. And those eggs, when they're released, only are viable for 12 to 24 hours. I was on a Facebook forum one time and some gal asked like, okay, we're trying to get pregnant. What's the best time to have sex if you're trying to get pregnant? And the comments that oh were boy. rolling in, I was like, oh my gosh. The, one gal said twice a day, every day for 30 days. Oh, that's hilarious. And I was like, you're going to have to like, sounds awesome. quit your job, get a <laughs> nanny, and maybe you'll break something. I don't know. Yeah. But I was like, holy cow. No, we're only fertile, really fertile for like maybe, <laughs> maybe six to nine days, you know, that we would see that fertile window. Um. In our cycle. So, no. Two, twice a day, every twice day for day, 30 every days. Day for 30 days. That's you're going to get to that point where you're actually ovulating. You're going to be too worn out. <laughs> some, some husband, though, was like, I like this girl. Yeah, let's go with that let's idea. Go let's with go that with that, that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. So, I I love that you're just naming some of these myths because mm-hmm. there's there's so much um, contrary information and, and even some of the statistics that you can find like it's it's been interesting for me diving deeper into research Mm -hmm. and certain companies that have a financial stake in the game have a Mm -hmm. lot of influence on Mm -hmm. what studies are published and what studies are maybe not published or not given a bunch of extra resources to really get the information out there about women's fertility so I think there's just it's it's really worth kind of digging into and and learning some more about um for for you as a as a practitioner, what do you see as some of the health benefits of natural family planning or fertility awareness based methods? Yes, um, I mean so much of it extends beyond just knowing when you're fertile or not. You know, I've had a number of clients who maybe they were in college and just thought, hey, it'd be a good idea to get a leg up on this and just kind of start understanding 
my cycle more. Or I've had clients who um, are engaged and know that they don't want to use contraceptives, um, know that they want to start growing their families pretty soon, and know that the church, you know, teaches that natural family planning is um, the best way to go. And so they start, you know, learning this model and they start, um, you know, seeing their cycle unfold. And what they thought was normal and what they thought was, you know, your average cycle, we start to see, because we're looking very closely and paying very close attention, we start to see some things that you wouldn't have known were an issue unless you start paying really close attention. And so, you know, I've had, we've been able to, before, before a couple's even before trying, a couple's even trying identify issues that they're experiencing or will experience and start to treat and manage them so that when it is time for them that they want to begin trying to get pregnant, we're not already like 10 steps behind because now we have to diagnose the issue and yes. start that treatment process and management process. And, you know, it's a time sensitive thing. It's yeah. not like, okay, today this didn't work. So tomorrow it's like, okay, this cycle, it didn't work. It so next work. month. And so you have to be kind of um, on top of it. So do you have couples dealing with infertility then as well coming to you? Yes. Yes. I've got a number of, I've got a number of, of couples that, um, you know, are saying, Hey, we're trying, we're trying, we're yeah. trying, it's not working. And I've had a number of couples who, um, like we thought would be, would have normal fertility. We identify, okay, nope, we've got PCOS, we've got endometriosis, we've got all these other things. And we've been able to successfully using NAPRO technology, um, get to a pregnancy mm-hmm. where, where, you know, not using, not tracking the cycle, it would have been a lot more frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, usually you get put in that route of like, okay, your, your sperm looks good and your eggs look good, but you're not getting pregnant. So mm-hmm. let's just bypass this whole reproduction process, this whole, you know, fertility problem yeah, and just get you pregnant. Yeah. And, um, and we've been actually able to treat the problem not just bypass the problem, but treat the problem. And now not they don't have the problem it. anymore. They can, yeah. they're free to get pregnant now mm-hmm. um, because the issue has been solved. Yeah. Did you know, so it's something like 14% of women in the United States will cite using the pill. And 14% is actually, it's like 1.5 million women yeah. will cite using the pill for the things that you just mentioned. PCOS, mm-hmm. endometriosis, mm-hmm. heavy periods, cramping, that kind of thing. And in my own research and just digging into some of these things, yes, there are certain instances when maybe the pill is the necessary thing. Mm-hmm. But 1.5 million women, yeah, I'm not buying it. Yeah, because it's. I think you're exactly right. It's actually bypassing the the problem, or mm-hmm. it's it's putting a bandaid putting on the a problem, on it. especially in these 14, 15, 16 year old girls. Mm-hmm saying, hey, we're going to put a Band-Aid on this until we're ready to actually deal with it when you're trying to get pregnant in 10 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and again, there are certain instances, and and, and I want to be really clear about that and mm-hmm. really honest about that, mm-hmm. but um, I just am not buying that that's the need. And yeah. and so how are you treating it? Is it is it a hormone treatment? Is it a diet change? Is it a... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It depends on, you know, depends your situation. It sure. depends on, you know, what your lifestyle is like going into it. Um, but ultimately we're going to keep digging, you know, we're not just going to try and get those symptoms to go away. 
we keep digging. We look for the source of the problem. Okay, yeah. what's the source? We're going to treat it at the source. That's why I named my fertility care center Veritas. It means truth. I'm mm. not going to just, we're not going to just like put Band-Aids on things and make you feel better to feel better. We're going to actually yes. find the problem and fix the problem. Yes. We're going to find a solution. Which have you noticed there's a huge movement towards this in like the functional medicine world and even oh, yeah. like or functional medicine or, um, oh, what's the integrative medicine? Is that the mm-hmm. other kind of branch of medicine yeah. um, where people are really starting to look at, okay, maybe surgery and pharmaceuticals are not always the only the options. only option. That's right. Yeah. And there and that can be something that we can use to correct things, you know, and um, and and put in place. And sometimes those are great temporary measures. But like, how can we get to the root of this problem? Like, yes. What is it? Diet? Yes. Is it other things in our environment? Are we using products that are endocrine disruptors that are messing up our fertility hormones? Are we using, um, you know, are are we? Do we have PCOS or um, endometriosis? And we should get those treated. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have been fed the line like there is no treatment option for PCOS. We actually call it in NAPR technology, we call it PCOD disease, not not um, S- syndrome. syndrome. It's a disease. It's a disease, and so. Um, syndrome wow. is a collection of symptoms, but from NAPR technology, we call it PCOD disease. We have identified, it's okay, a problem. it's a problem and we have found a way to treat it. Yes. Um, and so when you, when you've been diagnosed with a syndrome, I, I have to say that's probably one of the most frustrating things because it's like, okay, these are, you fall into this group if you have all these symptoms and now we have to try and make you comfortable so that these symptoms, symptoms are not interfering with your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've never heard that. Yeah. And so you want, so it feels very overwhelming when people get the PCOS diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, your world comes crashing down. Yeah. It's like, well, now what? Yeah. Yes. Dang. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have, I've never heard that. I think that's, um, I think that's so interesting and actually just like naming it for what it is. It's a mm-hmm. disease mm-hmm. and a disease that can actually be treated mm-hmm. and a disease that doesn't need a bandaid. It needs a solvent, mm-hmm. um, for you to be healthy and flourishing yeah. and well. Yeah. And it takes time because, you know, treat, it's a multifaceted, multifaceted disease. There's many, yeah, many ways that it can kind of come out. Um, and so finding the right solution can take some time, Yes, but isn't it better to find a real yeah. solution? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Total side note. Yeah. Have you seen this new show on Netflix with Zach Efron? Do you no. know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. So you know, like, I loved high school musical. So yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Um, so it's basically like every great show combined into one. So travel, food, uh, Ooh. leisure, spa, whatever. Okay. And anyway, I don't know if I would recommend it. I'm not going to recommend it. Shoot. I just said it on the podcast. You can watch it if you want. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because they did a water tasting. Water Apparently tasting. in Los Angeles. This is the most Los Angeles thing that I've ever heard, but I am so getting behind it. There's a water sommelier. You're like a, not me. a wine sommelier. You need to watch this. You're okay, going to dig okay, it. Okay. Not a wine sommelier, a water sommelier that educates people on not all water is created equal. And, oh, and yeah. he actually like goes on this thing of like, we 
all over the place have like, this is the purest water. This is the purest mm, water. Mm. You don't want pure water. You actually want minerals, nutrients, yep. richness in your water. That's that that's good for you. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm bringing this up though is because I think there's been so much information that has come out about what is in our drinking water in terms of like artificial hormones, things. Mm-hmm. pesticides, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that they were talking about. Um, and, and so just recognizing like that component of some of the infertility issues that we might be experiencing or whatever, like yeah. I think culturally, I mean, the number of women experiencing infertility has skyrocketed Oh yeah, in the past, how many years? I don't even know, 20, I mean, yeah. 25, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what's at the heart of that? I think a, lot, a little bit longer than that actually, but and, and part of me is wondering, like, OK, all of these artificial hormones, like they're finding birth control in the water yep. because it, it can't be filtered out well from yep. our water supplies, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just really interesting. And it's like affecting our fish. Did you it's know affecting this? the fish. It's affecting the fish. Yeah, the yes. boy fish are turning into girl fish. Yeah, no, it's, it's the other way around. The girl fish are turning into boy fish. It's all it's all. Yeah, it's Ooh. wild. Ooh. It's totally wild. Um, yes. And and I think, you know, it's it's a product of our want to be efficient and you know, okay, we can make more or cheaper products if we add these things to them. Okay. Without regard to what are the, you know, residual effects of them. How is it going to affect our environment, our water, our health, you know, all of those things. Um, And so it's hard to be aware of that ourselves because we've been told like, oh, we have an FDA that's like yeah. going to keep that in check for us. Um, but the reality is, is there's loopholes and they have found the loopholes and they're still going to try and get their money where yeah. they can get it, yeah. you know? Dang. Yeah. So um, do you think partly, you have mentioned this before, it almost, we want to put things on autopilot mm-hmm. and not have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like natural family planning is is kind of, resisting that temptation culturally well i mean it forces you it forces you to pay attention to what your body is doing on a daily basis okay when we when we are using a contraceptive like especially those that you can take that will be effective for a long longer amount of time like an iud or that depo provera shot or something like that where you can like get that plugged in and then you're good for however many months however many years um you know, you're like, okay, today we decided we're not going to get pregnant for X amount of time. So this is perfect. We will get this thing removed or let it wear off and then we'll be ready. Um, when you're using natural family planning, you are kind of put in that position where it it creates that pause. You, you, you are forced to communicate with your spouse. You're forced to <laughs> yeah. let God back in, you know, okay. Yeah. I need, we need to pray about this. These tiny little things that seemed like we're going to make all the difference in whether or not we got pregnant now or later, um, you know, as you are living it out daily, you start to see like, okay, maybe, maybe things are changing. Maybe things are changing. And using natural family planning, people think like, oh, contraceptives give you the freedom to have sex whenever you want. The real freedom is in natural family planning because you have the freedom to change your mind any day, e- any day you can change your mind. Okay, today, no, we don't want to get pregnant today. Tomorrow, okay, actually, yes. To- now something has happened. Dang. 
We yeah. can get, this is the real freedom. Choice. Yeah. Choice is the freedom. Yeah. You know, not, okay, we're plugged into being infertile now for however long. Oh my gosh. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. So using natural family planning seems like, oh, you're just, you always have this pregnancy thing looming over your head. No, in reality, you have the freedom to exercise your choice. own choice. And your will. And your will. Your will. Jinx. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's so true. To exercise your will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. that's why the church promotes this. Yeah. They're trying to get us to heaven for Pete's sake. And so how can we do that without, Free will. you know, entering into the struggle and actively choosing? You yeah. know, that's why we got that dang tree. God told us, you know, God told Adam and Eve People yeah. ask that all the time. Like, why did they even put, why did God even put that tree in the garden? You know? Yeah. Because do we really love if we don't choose to love? Wow. Is our fertility in our marriage that tree? Do we have to choose to Ooh, love? I just feel like I got stabbed with conviction. Ah! <laughs> I kind of did too. I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to say that. <laughs> Don't you hate when your words just come back and yeah. get you? So, yeah. Oh, oh, how are we choosing to love God? Yeah. And how are we choosing to love our spouse? And yeah. not just being like, well, I wish that I wish that just wasn't here. Dang. You know? Okay, well, that's a wrap. Just <laughs> Oh, Megan, you're preaching truth. Yeah, I, I think you're so right. Like, it's actually the great freedom. And in a way that doesn't suppress what is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I think about that all the time that my body doesn't need to be suppressed. It needs to be understood. Yes. My fertility doesn't need to be taken away, removed, mm-hmm. discarded. Mm-hmm. It simply needs to be understood. And that requires the death to self in many ways. Yes. It requires the choice that you're talking about. And only when we have the choice can we love. Oh my goodness. Yes. You just and blew my it mind. is there. Biologically, it is there. Yeah. When I go through like an introductory presentation with my couples, I'm like, look at it. The science backs it up. Yep. I mean, on multiple levels. Yeah. It Natural is there. Law. Yes. I mean, it is not conflict. It does yeah. not conflict. And so every time I give, every time I give a presentation, I'm, I kind of go into it thinking like, okay, I got to pump myself up to give another one of these really long presentations. And I've done <laughs> hundreds. And so I'm like, is, am I going to be sick of this ever? And then I get into these parts where I'm just, it just, I get so fired up. I'm like, no, I'll never get sick of this. I love that. You can see God's like genius in like the most yeah. microscopic parts of our biology. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take a hard left turn. Yep. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I think everything you're saying is so true. I hear from so many couples that are in the throes of using natural family planning mm-hmm. that are like, this is the worst. Yeah. This is the worst. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that? Why do you think that is? Well, because we have we have an interior struggle. And also, I mean, I said it before, we want to we want to autopilot everything and it's just I mean, I'm I'm a natural like planner, achiever, multitasker, like I want to get as much done at once as I possibly can. And this makes us pause. Mm-hmm. And slow we have down. to pause. We have to slow down. Go to the it bathroom and actually go to the bathroom. Yep. I mean, you know what I mean? Like- there's the difficulty. <laughs> yes. There's the difficulty of like actually making these observations. Yeah. And then there's the difficulty of making the decisions. Yeah. And, and sometimes the decision is not the one that you want. You know, 
you know, okay, you're like, okay, now we, we are trying to avoid getting pregnant, but today is like my most fertile day. Yeah. You know, and of course that's when our libido is the highest. Yeah. Say How more convenient about that. is that? Because that was something that I, I think going back to the myth mm-hmm. section mm-hmm. At, uh, that we started this conversation with, that's mm-hmm. one thing that I think people often don't realize. And once they start tracking and becoming aware of these things, they're like, holy smokes, there is a shift that yep. happens in this day, whatever, nine yes. to 15 that suddenly I'm really, I'm a lot more excited about being with my husband or whatever. Yes. Oh yeah. It totally lines up. I mean, hormonally it's there as that estrogen level is climbing, you know, our libido is climbing right alongside of it as we approach ovulation, which, you know, once again, the biology, it backs it 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 up. If we're meant to procreate, you know, we're going to need that desire to do it. You know, know, some women will plan work presentations around the time that they're ovulating. What? So they'll be out of town. So they're not with their husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Only you, only you would come up with that. No, because they're so much more confident. Yes. It's like, I got this. My mm-hmm. hair looks great. Mm-hmm. My outfit looks great. Oh, that's I'm ready genius. to rock and roll. I am going to nail this work thing or whatever. I mean, that is confidence level rises. That's the main event. That is the main event of our cycle. That is when we on a cellular level are functioning at our highest capability. Yeah. And it exudes. Yeah. In every way. Some girl listening to this is getting ready for a job interview and is like, I'm going to push it back a week. (laughs) (laughs) Do it, girl. (laughs) You won't regret it. But for husbands. And you can wear white pants with confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And all the people said amen. Um, how do you think that affects husbands? Oh, God, that stinks. Because they're, I, in my experience, they're often the ones yes. initiating this. Oh, yeah. And now they're in the situation where they're the ones that have to be like, no, 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 calm it down. Remember what we said? Yeah. Remember what our plan was? And that is hard for them. Yeah. Because like, Ugh. finally, she's like super excited this about could this. could be really good. <laughs> <laughs> and yet... Are we in a place where that result of a pregnancy is what we're called to? Yeah. I think I've had no less than four women confide this in me in the last month, just randomly, Mm -hmm. um, really struggling with this element of natural family planning, saying we are not ready to have another baby, but I am struggling because the times where I most Mm -hmm. desire to connect Mm -hmm. with my spouse in this way is the time that we're avoiding. And, and, but it goes back, I think to that, that, uh, we have a choice and and it actually yes demands something of our will to say mm-hmm. i love you more than myself mm-hmm. i love god's plan for our marriage more than myself um yeah i just i think it's um it's hard but it seems like it's in the hard that mm-hmm. the growth really happens mm-hmm. and that holiness actually really happens exactly and that's an easy that's an easy pitch to make to someone who is desiring to live a life of holiness yeah. And they know ultimately like they want to strive for virtue. God is real and want, that must change something about me. And so they're like, yep. Okay. When I shift my mindset and I think about it like that, yep, I'm in. We can do this. Yes. I will push through. Yes. It's a harder sell for people who are like, uh, yeah, I'm doing this because they said I got to do this. Yes. And so that's why we got to have a change of heart ultimately alongside yeah. with NFP. And it comes. Oftentimes it comes yeah. because... It's just the on-ramp. 
And couples having using NFP, I think, have a lot of conversations about their fertility just by necessity. And I'm and I would love just to hear from you. We have a couple minutes left. Um, are there is there an example that kind of comes to your mind from either your own experience or clients that you've worked with where in this process of family planning, in this process of trying to figure out when do we want to have another child? How do we want to space our children? That kind of thing that taking it to prayer, taking it to Mm -hmm. each other, Mm -hmm. um, ended up being, um, unifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've got, this was, this was, I mean, this was our, this was our experience, Zach and I, right off the bat, you know, when we, we graduated college, a week later we got married. And then a couple weeks later, we were going to leave to go to training to become missionaries. And so, at the point of, you know, the weeks leading up to our wedding, we were like, uh, no, definitely not. We're not, we're, gonna, we're not yeah. going to get pregnant at least a year or whatever. Which is, I feel like the kind of common thing. That's Let's the, wait at least a year. That's everybody's initial answer, which, you know, when you're planning a wedding, you feel like you've got a million things going yeah. on and a baby does not sound like something you can handle right now. And yeah. it's not. And it wouldn't come it's like, tomorrow. Here, juggle these five million yeah. things and then somebody throws you a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what it feels it like, feels like yeah. to think about it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was our initial thought was like, okay, let's wait because we don't know where we're going to live. We don't even know if we're going to have a salary. And if we do, we have to fundraise that salary. And so it just seemed smart on paper to wait. Um, But so often, you know, the things on paper that don't make sense to us make a lot of sense to God. God. And so, you know, a couple weeks into our marriage, we had gone to uh, just to go pray at the church. And while we're in there praying, um, just silently alone or alone together, um, I just kept getting that in my mind of like, Hmm. babies, having babies, making babies, all the things that go with it. (laughs) Um, and I was like, Megan, shut up. So you're telling me we can think about this in church. I think this is really good for people. I think it's a very important place to think about it, frankly. And so, um, the whole time I was thinking, just Megan, shut it off. Like you have this like crazy honeymooners, newly married. Yeah. Wacky, wacky brain going on and you need yeah, to get yeah, it yeah. in check Yeah, and, um, and pray about the important things in life. Like where We're is your money going to salary, come from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it just kept bubbling to the surface, bubbling to the surface. And so we leave, we leave the church and Zach was like, so how was prayer? And I told him, you know, I don't know if it was that good. I just kept thinking about making babies, making babies. And, um, and he's like, you know, actually, so was I. Stop it. And I was like, oh, you were, huh? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so maybe we need to... Now what? Yeah. Rethink what, what our decision was yes. a few weeks ago. And, you know, it opened up this conversation where, where we realized, like, God was calling us out of this, we're not going to get pregnant right now place. And um, that's intimidating for a lot of people because you think when you say yes to not being in the avoiding category, you're automatically in the next time we have sex on a fertile day, we are pregnant. And am I ready to be pregnant? Am I ready to be holding that baby right now? Yeah. And, you know, oh, no, I actually did not want kids growing up. Are I you serious? Like, yeah. I so yeah, now I got four. <laughs> and I'm gonna have more boys than girls. No. <laughs> Karma. Um, and so so yeah, so we were like, okay, I think I think we need to change things. 
And honestly, it took a few months. It took a few months for us to actually get pregnant. And in that time, it didn't, it got more and more solidified our desire. The desire for it. Our desire to get pregnant because when you get those negative pregnancy tests, you realize deeply yeah. how much you wish it would have been positive yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and it, you know, looking back, I can say like, okay, when the Lord was speaking to me in that moment of prayer, he wasn't saying like, hey, I want you to be pregnant right now. Yeah. He was really asking us just to be open to yeah. the idea. Yeah. He can work with openness. And he waited. He gradually led us yeah. to the place where we desired it deeply. Yeah. Not just from openness. We didn't get pregnant while we were just crack, cracking mm-hmm. that the door mm-hmm. just slightly, but like we desired it. Yeah. And even women that do get pregnant, maybe on that first side, in that first cycle mm-hmm. of the openness, it's been interesting. I have a couple of friends, and I would even put put um, ourselves in that category with our firstborn, with mm-hmm. Clara. There was kind of this like, oh, we are so not ready, but like we're going to be open. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like the desire actually grew with the pregnancy. Oh. It grew with her. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. So it wasn't just in the waiting time of um, until we get pregnant. It And I have a few, I have several friends that have kind of experienced that as well. It's like even throughout the pregnancy, mm-hmm. like God aligns our body and our hearts. Yes. Oh, yes. You I was know? so afraid. I think I was so afraid of becoming pregnant because when you think of pregnant, you think of like big nine months pregnant, swollen, sick, like about to pop, miserable. Yes. And I was shocked that I took that positive pregnancy test and I didn't feel a single and symptom. changed for the next- For a few weeks. And it really <laughs> was gradual. And the Lord leads us gradually most of the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he gives Sometimes us the grace. Sometimes he chucks you off the cliff. Sometimes. But, but he, he catches you. You can handle it. Yeah. When he does that. And, and in those things where you're most afraid, you know, he has a grasp on it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Megan, I could talk to you about all this stuff forever. Um, but I have one more question for you, but, mm-hmm. but really quick before we get to that, I just want to point people to maybe some resources that they can, mm-hmm. um, learn more about fertility awareness based mm-hmm. methods. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll for sure include your email and Veritas clinic in the show notes, mm-hmm. but any other like resources that you have found helpful in just kind of your own education on these things and some um, practical tips maybe for spouses? Yeah. You know, if you're looking for, like, especially if you're looking for a provider in your area um, that kind of is a physician that can utilize some of these techniques, if you look at naprotechnology.com, um, you'll be able to find physicians and surgeons and other practitioners that kind of practice the same way of thinking. Um, but, you know, ultimately... I lo- okay, can I just say really quick? Yeah. I love that you say that because often we say talk to your doctor and mm-hmm. I always want to say talk to the right doctor. Talk to the right doctor. Yeah. It, just in in um, a lot of experiences, you know, there's a reason that they call it practicing medicine. I have a good mm-hmm. friend who's just gone through the gamut mm-hmm. with different medical things and, and she just always reminds me, Emily, there's a reason they say we're practicing yeah. medicine. Yeah. And depending upon where they've been educated and kind of the the other things that they've explored, there's there's just, it's very clear to me that in many of our universities and many of our med schools, mm-hmm. there's kind of a one train of thought, mm-hmm. which is often backed again by pharmaceutical companies yep. and, and that kind of thing. And so I think yeah. we just need to be really attentive to that and kind of opening our minds to some of these realities mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at play. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. 
doing the doing kind of doing the research and finding, you know, what's the what's the the fit for us and what we're trying to pursue. Yes. Is is a big one. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to include maybe a couple of other videos and podcasts, yes. even even on Lead Them to Life. We've had a couple of really mm-hmm. good conversations mm-hmm. just about sexuality, some of the honest conversations with spouses, um, and then also some other conversations about natural family planning. So I'll be sure to yeah. maybe include some of those as well and let them know where you can where they can find you. Uh, last question. Lead Them to Life is really a place with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. And, and my heart for this is to just explore what it means to be human, what it means to be fully alive. And oftentimes I think we realize that about ourselves through asking questions of ourselves, mm-hmm. of other people. And I want to know if there is a question that you have been pondering recently. It can be absolutely anything, uh, but with the hope that it's something that our listeners can chew on as well. Yes. What do you got? Actually, earlier this week, earlier this week, I was, I had a moment where I was about, you know, I got a short fuse. I, I was about to burst. Burst. Okay. But right before it happened, I just heard the Lord say, what if you didn't? Just shut up. And I was like, what if <laughs> I didn't? Because I just, I have this pretty, pretty bad habit, <laughs> pretty like, yeah, my history is always to burst, burst, just, yeah, trip my trigger. And it's usually just like the little annoying things. And all of a sudden he was like, well, what if you just didn't? Wow. And so I've been sitting with that one for a while. What if I didn't? Because I, I can just choose not to. I, I think sometimes we just think like, that's how I am. So I just do it. But what if I didn't? Man, and there's so many things now. And then that it I just brought like, more questions. Yes. That's, <laughs> Which, I was just going to say, I feel like I have so many more questions. And it's like in all of these other things in my life, like not even just mm-hmm. like my response to my kids mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. like when I want to automatically pull up Instagram mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. social media or automatically, whatever it might be, like honk my horn at the person in front of me. I actually don't do that. I'm the most non-confrontational driver. Um, Only because I had a professor one time that was like failure to recognize, road rage is a failure to recognize a fallen world. Yes. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to be the most delightful driver on the road. But what if I didn't? What if I didn't? Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You guys, this was an awesome, awesome episode. I hope that you uh, share it with a friend. Share it with your loved one, your spouse, your wife, your husband, uh, and be sure to check out the show notes for those additional resources. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at SF Diocese, or my personal account is Emily M. Leadum. Megan, what's your handle? At Meg Krieg, M-E-G-K-R-U-E-G. You can follow along with Megan as well in the chaos of four girls at her house yeah. as a working mom, we will make you, mom. We will make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Amen and good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>